Knowledge is power, and we are all about empowering the mamas of the world. In each episode, we will unravel and interpret the latest research and evidence-based practices for pregnancy, postpartum, and motherhood. As mums and researchers ourselves, we have experienced firsthand the overwhelming complexity of information, myths, and those classic old wives' tales. I'm Dr. Renee White, and this is The Science of Motherhood. Hello, and welcome to episode 59 of the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Renee White, and today is a Check-In Tuesday episode, and I thought that I would discuss an answer to a question that I get all the time whether it be via email or in our DMs on our Instagram. And it is related to what my other job is when I'm not here on the podcast. It is being a postpartum doula. What is a postpartum doula? What does a postpartum doula do? And I guess what is the value of a postpartum doula? So in today's episode, I'm going to walk you through what I do (laughs) when I'm not sitting in front of the microphone and how I have turned my postpartum experience into my passion and my purpose for life. So I guess let's start from the beginning. Where and how did I end up being a postpartum doula? So if you've listened to my episode of the podcast, episode three, it's all about my postpartum experience, my birth story, and you would have heard how I didn't have the greatest, (laughs) the greatest postpartum experience. I don't think I'm alone in saying that I walked into motherhood knowing very little thinking that I would quote unquote wing it. And from that experience of feeling quite lonely and underprepared and not having a village around me and not knowing what I was doing, I was a typical type A personality thinking that I could do it all and do it all by myself as well. But what I quickly worked out was that that is a very, very challenging road to walk. And we weren't meant to do this alone. As mothers, as caregivers, we were not meant to raise our children alone. And we hear that phrase, it takes a village to raise a child. And they're not joking. (laughs) They are absolutely not joking on that part. And so back in the day, I was in professional services. I was an attorney, um, quite, quite a kind of demanding job to have, particularly as a mum. And it was the middle of the pandemic. And like so many people, I think you had an opportunity to stop and reflect and work out, hmm, is this what I want to be doing with my life? What is my passion? What is my purpose? How how do I want, you know, my life's legacy to be looked back upon? And whilst the work that I was doing was rewarding, because I never would have entered that field if it wasn't, 
I just had a shift, a real life shift. And we were toying up between having another child and not having another child and what that would look like. And we decided that as a family, my husband and I, that we were not going to have a second child for a few different reasons. And one of those included, you know, just the capacity for us as human beings to be able to cope with that mentally, physically, emotionally, financially, all of that. And so what I decided was that if I didn't feel like I was in the best position possible based on my previous experience with my daughter to be able to have another child, I wanted to make sure that no other family had to feel like they were put in that same position as me. And in order to do that, I wanted to make it my life's purpose to help and support and nourish and care for and nurture other mums as they stepped into motherhood, which I think is arguably one of the hardest jobs in the world, transitioning from, you know, maiden to mother, walking through that journey of matrescence, which is, you know, that transition to becoming a mum is incredibly difficult. And it is only made easier through the support and education of you know, newborn life and understanding that as a society, I think we really need to start focusing on normalizing the roller coaster of motherhood because we know from the research that in order for a woman to thrive in her postpartum experience, she needs four things she needs connection and communication, which comes from sharing stories and speaking with other people about their own experiences. And I'm not talking about like unsolicited advice and things like that from, you know, Beryl and and Barry and (laughs) in, in the playground. I'm talking about real connection with their village. They need psychological support which can come from, you know, a psychologist, a counsellor or, you know, another kind of mum or someone else who's walked in those shoes. They also need nourishment, so really good, you know, quality food to help with postpartum recovery. We know that food is not only influential on a physical recovery but also your mental and emotional recovery as well. And I guess the fourth arm to that is practical and emotional support. So helping out around the house and, you know, washing bottles and doing the laundry and taking the dog for a walk. So we know that all of those things assist mothers in thriving, not just surviving, but thriving in postpartum. And at Fill Your Cup, which is the doula village that I lead, we don't want our mums to just survive. We want them to thrive. That is our philosophy here. And so when I was thinking of transitioning away from my job as an attorney, 
I found the role postpartum doula and I thought what better way to channel my experience and my passion for supporting mums into a new role. So I went off and I retrained as postpartum doula with Julia Jones, who is an internationally recognized, just powerhouse of a woman. She has been a postpartum doula for, you know, many decades and has a wonderful course that I participated in in 2020. And I finished my training and started Fill Your Cup which has pivoted so many times and we've created a wonderful doula village in Melbourne and Hobart and we will soon be expanding across Australia, which is a very exciting thing. But I guess one of the questions that I always get asked is, you know, what can a doula do? What does it actually mean? Is it the same as a nanny or a midwife? And my answer to that is no. We are very niche. As postpartum doulas, we are essentially a non-medical person who has been trained to support and provide education and information around the process of matrescence. We are there to support newborn sleep-deprived families and help them walk through that journey. And I believe that a great doula is not about the shoulds and should nots. We don't walk into people's houses with preconceived thoughts and ideas and judgment at all. It is around supporting a family to find their feet, give them guidance, but find their feet as to how they want to parent. What does that look like for them? Give them the space and capacity to explore and experiment with different things. And that's one of the number one things that I think particularly first-time parents struggle with because we often get and have those conversations around, please just give me the checklist and I'll just go out and get everything. And, you know, can you check this? Can we do that? Am I doing this right? And I'm doing this in um, air quotations. Am I doing this right or wrong? And Whilst, you know, there are hospital bag checklists and baby checklists and things like that, there's not really a checklist for parenthood. It is a steep learning curve. I am definitely a checklist kind of gal and I did have a checklist. I had an Excel Excel, um, sheet checklist and I remember calling a very, very close friend who had two children already. She is a nurse and I thought, okay, she's going to know all the things. She's going to tell me exactly what I need. And so I called her probably, I think it was about six weeks before I was about to give birth. And I said to her, hey, Carly, I just need to call you because I need to go through like my spreadsheet to make sure that I've got everything. And I could tell already from her text message back, she was supportive, but also bamboozled. (laughs) Um, But not surprised given my personality. And it was really interesting, the conversation that I had with her 
And I'm going to preface this by saying that at the time I had heard of a doula, but I didn't really um, think that I needed one because synonymously, I think some people think that doulas um, are kind of, you know, they're going to turn up with crystals and like do Reiki and like it's very um, quote unquote woo woo in in some kind of circles. And it's and I would have I was kind of thinking, oh, you know, that that's not for me. But fundamentally, I was kind of using Carly as my pseudo doula. And I was asking her about all the things that I needed. And I was going through my checklist and I was like, okay, so I've got this, I've got this. What do you think about this? What brand do you think I should get for that? And she listened, which is another really important characteristic of a doula. She listened and she heard me and I finished and she just said, I think you've kind of got everything. Like, do you have a couple of blankets, some onesies and nappies and wipes? And I was like, yep, yep, got all that. So what else do I need? And she said, honestly, don't buy anything else. And I was like, why? What do you mean? Like, what bouncer do I get? And, you know, what high chair and, you know, lots of other different things. And she said, but you don't know what type of baby you're going to have. And I was like, what do you mean? It's a baby. Like what? Like they all like that stuff, don't they? Mm-hmm. And she said, honestly, you don't know. Her first child, you know, loved a bouncer but hated baby wearing. Her second child could not put him down, loved baby wearing, hated the pram, you know, whatever combination it was. And at that point I panicked because <laughs> I thought, hold on a minute, don't they just need all of these things? And she was like, no, don't buy anything. You will just waste your money. Wait till the baby arrives and then go from there. And I was like, oh, okay. And she said to me, what you need to be doing is utilizing the time you have now to prepare for motherhood. Go to the movies, enjoy some self-care, go get a massage, read a book by yourself, um, you know, binge watch all the all the TV shows that you want to watch now. Do it all. And so I was like, that's just crazy. I've got things to do. Like I've got onesies to buy and I couldn't sit still. And I was just like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. So fast forward to 2017, end of August, I had Eva. And boy, oh boy, did I wish that I had a doula in my back pocket because I had, you know, two lots of spaghetti bolognese frozen in the freezer, which I thought that will be fine. I'll have time to cook. Let me tell you, I didn't. I was sleep deprived. My husband had to go back to work after like a week, I think it was, because we have our own business. And I had pre-existing mental health challenges, you know, type A personality puts me in a bracket where I'm probably more likely to develop postnatal um, depression and or anxiety. And I just completely spiraled. And it is then that I wish that I had investigated about a postpartum doula because of all the things that comes with the level of experience and support from a postpartum doula. 
So when you engage with a postpartum doula, and I can only speak from, you know, direct experience with myself and any fill your cup postpartum doula, here's what you should expect. As soon as you engage with a with a doula and you sign that dotted line and you hand over that money, you should expect your care to start straight away. So it should be text message or Voxer or WhatsApp and there should be a conversation that begins because you need to start building a relationship with them because as a mama, when our babies arrive, we go into mama bear mode. It is something that switches over in our brain. It becomes difficult at times and challenging to let people into your personal space, into your home. That is something I very much struggled with. It took forever for my husband to convince me to get a cleaner because I just physically couldn't stomach having someone else in the house. You just go into protective mode with your baby. And so building a relationship with your doula is paramount absolutely paramount. So we are in continual contact with all of our clients and we also provide extra education and research briefs and our little peach book around all of our referrals, our most trusted practitioners, because that's the other thing. A doula is part of your village. They should be able to connect you and introduce you to trusted practitioners, whether that be a lactation consultant, a pelvic floor physiotherapist, mental health specialists, um, people who do body work, meal delivery. It is all part of the village. And so they should be able to be your support person, your education piece around taking the mental load off you to be able to make those introductions and bookings. And that is absolutely what we are known for. We have a wonderful group of people in our village that we work with very closely and they are just ahead of the game, all of them. And so once you develop that relationship with your doula, there should be a prenatal session. So it's not about that checklist of like, do you have enough onesies or let's check out, you know, what wipes you have and, you know, things like that. It is, and I think it should be around game planning, your best postpartum experience. What does it look like for you and your family around how are you going to create rest? How are we going to get the right nutrition for you? You know, how are you going to manage boundaries and visitors? What what are you going to do when it all goes pear-shaped and you're sleep-deprived and you're having a really rough day? What is the game plan around that? And a great doula should be able to do that. And we here at Fill Your Cup have an amazing postpartum planning guide and all of our doulas work through that with you and your partner or support person in a two-hour session and it is great. And all of our families kind of walk away relieved. It's like, okay, it is not going to be peaches and cream and we do not promise that (laughs) at all with a newborn. But I think game planning a postpartum is all around, okay, we've spoken about it when it goes pear-shaped, 
this is what we decided before we were sleep deprived, before we had a screaming child, before, you know, my partner had to return to work. This is what we all discussed. And this is kind of, you know, what we thought was going to be the solution to that problem. Nothing set in stone, obviously, and we are quite flexible with things, but it's always a nice feeling to go, okay, we've spoken about it and we've got something in play. And then once Bubby arrives, your postpartum doula should be making you beautiful, delicious food because, again, that comes back to those four fundamentals of what a mum needs to thrive in postpartum. And that is why here at Fill Your Cup, we have made the food the absolute core of our business because we understand that food helps with your physical recovery because you've just gone through the marathon of pregnancy and then you've just gone through either a marathon or sprint, (laughs) depending on what your birth looks like. And then if you choose to breastfeed, we're going to layer that onto the recovery of the pregnancy and the birth. So we're looking at it in three different lenses, the pregnancy, the birth, and then that postpartum. And so as a biochemist, we have curated a specific postpartum menu for our Fill Your Cup mamas, and it is all about repleting those micro and macronutrients that you've lost in those marathons. And we use Lily Nichols, Real Food for Pregnancy, as our guide as well around how we should be replenishing our mama's bodies. And those things you can have a listen to in our other episode, How to Kick Postnatal Depletion to the Curb. And they are, the meals are very hydrating and rich in nutrients like iron, collagen, um, DHAs, and choline and vitamin C, everything that you need to start building the elasticity back into your skin, tissue repair, that's where the collagen comes in, all of those fundamentals. And I think one of the unique things about Fill Your Cup is that we provide a menu for you each week. We go and source all the ingredients. We do the shopping for you. We bring everything to your house and we cook it fresh in home in your house. So I think that's fundamental because I could not think of anything worse than having to go source ingredients, shopping lists, paying extra bills, having the mental space to be able to manage all that. Because when I was In my postpartum, I struggled to have a shower every day, let alone try and find some exotic ingredient at a health food shop. So that's the fundamentals. So what does a session look like with a doula? At Fill Your Cup, they're three-hour sessions. As I said, you'll receive a menu in advance. You get to pick a main meal and a snack for each week. That's all included in our offerings, no extra bills. The only time that you would pay extra is if you want extra food that week, which a lot of our clients participate in. You know, it's filling their freezer for later on in the week. Obviously, we've got really generous portion sizes. We cook that meal in home for you. And other things that happen in that session, 
it's really different each week. And I think that this is where, you know, some people might get a bit kind of have a bit of ambiguity as to why you would need a doula. And not only is it the food, but having spoken to a lot of clients afterwards and listening to their experiences, the fundamental thing was they were like, oh, you know, I hired you because I really loved the concept of the food and I loved that, you know, you went and sourced it and everything and I didn't have to think about it. And I did need you know, the practicalities of helping around the house, whether it be putting on some washing or doing some, you know, light housework or, you know, taking the dog for a walk or something like that. But what these women said to me was that one of the most underrated things that they had no idea, they just did not expect the value from was the emotional support. It was the opportunity and the knowledge that a doula was coming to their house every week and they were going to have the opportunity to debrief about what happened that week or the feelings that they were having that week, whether it be that they're feeling really lonely or that they are starting to recall certain things from their birth and so they wanted to have a birth debrief. Or it was that they needed to kind of check in with someone about how to manage their boundaries or their rest. They were the fundamental things that were so underrated when they first engaged with a doula that they almost put them, you know, on par with the food and the practical support. And having spoken to those women, whether it be shortly after, they'd finished their offering with us or, you know, six or 12 months after, they all said that it definitely had an effect on their long-term recovery. It was that opportunity to share stories and connect and communicate. And again, that goes back to one of those four pillars of how women thrive in their postpartum through sharing experiences. That is how we are wired and that's how we thrive. So I hope I have outlined to you what a doula is, that non-medical professional who comes in and educates you around what your postpartum experience is going to be like. And then what the value is, someone who can support you, nurture you, nourish you, And that long-term effect, you know, there's no hard science around it because (laughs) there's not a lot of women's health research out there. And I don't think anyone in white lab coats has done, you know, the analysis and the data, but I would love to see it one day around, you know, the fundamentals of, I guess, the consequences of having a doula. You know, what were the impacts on mental health? What did that return to work look like? Were they in a better physical and mental recovery state? I would say yes. And from the feedback that we have received from our previous clients, they are all thriving, particularly those who are able to compare a first postpartum where they didn't engage with a doula versus a second postpartum. 
So if anyone has any other questions around what a doula does, how does it all work? Why would I need one? Please feel free to reach out to me. You can contact me on our website, ifillyourcup.com, and you can book in a little 15-minute chat with me. Or if you want to slip into our DMs on Instagram, we are at fillyourcup underscore. And I would be more than happy to chat with you about what a doula does, how to engage one, and what to expect from your postpartum experience with a doula. Until next time, thanks, guys. See ya. If you loved this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review. If you know someone out there who would also love to listen to this episode, please hit the share button so they can benefit from it as well. Thank you for listening to The Science of Motherhood. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Science of Motherhood. If you would like to contact us, we are at ifillyourcup.com or you can DM us at ifillyourcup underscore via Instagram. You can find all of our services including our postpartum in-home care and our fill your freezer meal delivery service as well through both those channels. Thanks so much for listening.